In history, crimes and cover-ups in American politics, 1776 to 1963, and survival of the richest, Donald Jeffries separates the real from the unreal. Fact from fiction. Fact from fiction. Reverse engineering our manufactured reality. And now, from just outside the swamp-infested Washington, D.C., this is I Protest with Donald Jeffries. And welcome to the protest. This is Donald Jeffries coming to you a little bit late. It's become it's become our uh, unfortunate routine here recently. Always thinking something comes up last time to delay the start of the show. Hope you hung in there. Hope you're out there listening. Uh, we had a last minute cancellation. I'm supposed to have Victoria White here today, who is a very interesting woman who uh, faces a long prison sentence for being uh, at the Capitol on January 6th. And her story is fascinating. Unfortunately, she couldn't make it. So we're having a couple of the people to discuss her case and the rest of the January 6th. Uh, mess up there. And one of them is Gary McBride of M5 News, who has done good work on this subject. And the other one is prisoner number six of the person known only as prisoner number six, who has a podcast of his own, which I've been on. So welcome, Gary and prisoner number six. Thanks for having me. Awesome to be here with you, brother. Yeah, it's, it's well, it's, it's great to be with you guys, too. So let's start. First of all, um, Gary, I guess, well, I have to start with Prisoner 6, because you, you, I don't think you can be here the entire show, so we'll start with you. Uh, so, President, tell me, what, what do you know? I know you, I was watching it. Okay, hold on a second. Sorry about that. Um, I was, um, I had to mute that. I was watching in, in preparation for this show. I was watching an interview uh, just the other day, it was just yeah, just yesterday or today about with Victoria and you guys were both on and along with our friend Lisa Belanger, where she was talking about her uh, her case. So, it, it, did you know her before that prisoner, or how, how did you come to get her on the show? So, actually, um, I got to know of Victoria White a little bit through our friend Lisa Belanger, um, who had filled me in on her story. Um, I had watched uh, a lot of material for certain shows that we've done um, on the New Prisoners podcast. You can find us at uh, BitChute, Rumble, Odyssey, and Brighteon for our video content. And uh, Spotify started this new thing, too, where you can watch our videos on there. So we are on podcast form as well as on uh, like Google and Apple and Amazon podcasts. But um, you can watch our video content on Spotify and the other video platforms that I mentioned. Um, so I wanted to uh, delve into that story a little bit more because in my research, I had come across like a lot of sort of anomalies. And it's like what you and I talked about when you came on my show, Don, is like when we notice some things that are out of place, if you will, like if we notice some things that don't make any sense, mm -hmm. some questions that are left unanswered, like you and I and people like us and people that listen to these shows, we're all willing to ask those questions and look for answers. And Lisa is a, a good friend of the show and contributor. And uh, she was able to uh, bring you know Victoria on, but also introduce me to uh, this, this great gentleman, Gary McBride, uh, who I've also become acquainted with, uh, I guess you'd say, uh, through all this. And uh, it was really like our aim really is to uh, expose the truth, is to bring truth into the light 
and to give people a platform, just like you do here, Don, uh, to bring people on to tell the whole story, to actually get in depth and into some details on things. And it doesn't really matter to me if it's January 6th or something with Bill Gates or the WEF, or if it's down to something that just like it's a, a local uh, uh, conspiracy or or shooting, or if it's something that has to do with corruption or whistleblowers, that's the kind of stuff that I want to have on my show. That's the kind of stuff that I want to give attention to. So uh, Victoria really fell within those boundaries for us. Uh, she has an amazing story. Um, her story goes even deeper than what she was able to talk about on the show. And we're going to uh, hopefully elaborate on that some more in the future too. And uh, that kind of brings us to Gary McBride because he's the type of person that has the information because he's done the work, he's done the due diligence, he's done the research, regardless if he's given that uh, accreditation or not by certain uh, news organizations that will remain unnamed for this moment. I'll let him you know, decide if he wants to throw that out there. But, you know, what we do is we, we, we also want to pay homage to the people like you, Don, and Gar Goldsmith and David Knight, others that have come before us. and you know, really do our, our best to kind of talk about the truth, but also do it in an open and honest way. Like a lot of us have lost uh, our, our social connections over the past several years. A lot of us have lost our loved ones that are important in those connections, you know, to the real world too, like not just what happens on the internet. So the pub that we used to go to, to all sit around and talk about these things might be closed now because of COVID. You know, the, 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 the place that we used to gather, the church we used to go to might not still be there. And the people that were in it might not still be there so for to be able to build a community online where we can all gather and talk about these issues openly and with a critical mind like you keep on uh i think that that's dramatically important and i think that if you apply that to a story like victoria white's it will change and i will say this it will change the paradigm in which people view democracy in this country and also the rest of the world absolutely uh, so Gary, tell me. So you you seem like you've done a lot of work on January sixth. So how did you first of all tell us about M five News? How long you've been there? Is it your outfit or is it something else? And uh, do you have you focused especially on January sixth, or had you become involved in investigating this? No, that's exactly how is January fifteenth when I started all of this, and uh, I have a had an oil and gas company as well was was M five Standing Energy. So I just made him five news up <laughs> just to, just to put something out there and, uh, uh, you know, just to put the content out there that I started uncovering. Never well, so done what, it before. So. Well, well, that, well, you're, you've already, I mean, if you, if you uncover anything at all, you're doing better work than our so-called. Uh, the lockdown know, took away everything. So I had to do something. Well, that, well, that's, this is a great thing to do. Cause I mean, this is, this is the major story in the country right now, I think. I mean, this this January 6th thing, and there's so little opposition to it. Really, the, from, if you turn on television anywhere, the only – you're going to get – Tepco Carlson a little bit. He's been he's done some decent work on it. You know, Laura Ingram, maybe a little bit. That's it. Everybody else is in lockstep. They are all cheerleading this. They're all calling them in, uh, insurrectionists. This is just nonsense. No one is talking about – a freedom of assembly. No one is talking about the uh, the two people that were killed that day. Uh, tell us about not only uh, uh, we all know about Ashley uh, Babbitt, but <clears throat> tell us about the other woman that was killed that really is, hasn't got much. Was beaten to death by a police officer, I think. Yeah. Roseanne Boylan. Yes. Yeah, that was uh, 
you know, go, you know, like you said, it's, it's like they get right up to the edge of what they need to talk about and then they just stop. You know, I don't know if they stop on purpose or if they don't know anything else. I reckon they do. If I'm able to find everything, I'm sure they can too. But, you know, with Roseanne, it was, uh, I had helped an attorney with one of his defendants. And so I was, he was asking me to look for this woman. And I didn't even know there was another woman that had died that day. I thought it was just uh, Ashley. And so I got to look. He said they were looking for a couple months and couldn't find her. And I called him back in 15 minutes and I had found her. And so that's where I really started at um, after some other work that I had done. And I always knew that she took, you know, hits to the side and then hit to the head just by the way the the officer leaned forward just so she could reach the head. And I always said she, just like I did just now, not knowing if it was a man or a woman cop that was doing it. But um, I, I wanted proof that this cop did hit Roseanne. And so I just dug into it till I found it. I happened to come across it by a news, news organization. MSNBC was having a show that DOJ just released footage and they're showing this footage uh, from a body camera. And she's explaining how this violent mob drug a cop down the stairs and beat him with his own weapons. And when she said beat him with his own weapons at the same time, the, the body camera comes to the right. And there it was. It showed a lot of Morris beating on Roseanne, what I've been looking for. And uh, it was uh, the next step was to find out who that cop was after that. It took a little bit, but not much longer after that. So what did you find out about this cop? Well, it was. The thing of it is, now I'm going to forget what the, what the bill was that they passed. They passed a bill, and I'm not going to remember right now, HR. Anyways, I can give it to you if you want to put it up later or whatever. But uh, mm -hmm. it had passed January 1st, 2021. Because if you remember when the protests were going on, Trump had sent some, um, sent some officers or military or whatever it was. Um, but they didn't have badges or names on. Everybody was saying it was Trump's personal army and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, I think most of them were having to be prison guards is what it was, but they were the, uh, the left the Democrats, Pelosi and all of them were saying that, that uh, for now, you know, they've been passed a lot of the officers are supposed to have their nameplates, their badge numbers visible so that we know who it is. And if they said, if you don't, then you're just up to something that's no good. You're, you know, you're hiding something. Well, that's was passed. That was January 1st in the law and January 6th. That's what we saw happen. We, it was, until I found out that the badge number was on the back of their helmets, that's all that helped us. Other than that, you had to really dig for it because there's no names on all of them. Um, and then the badges, you know, on the, on the back of the helmet helped out. But um, we had uh, had about 15 officers I needed names of. And so I had somebody call the police station and they got all the names. And then when I pulled up Lila Morris's name, the first picture that came up was her and, uh, at the Super Bowl. And when I saw that, that was even a shock because the two gentlemen standing beside her was Hodges and uh, Fanon because they were touted as heroes and got to go to the Super Bowl. Wow, that's incredible. Uh, pr Prisoner Six, I, I, I don't want to leave you out of this. What, what do you think about what Gary's saying and what, what work have you done specifically on, on uh, January 6th? Well, uh, aside from the one interview that I did with Victoria White, um, we've done several, uh, we've covered a lot of different stories on the podcast uh, surrounding rather January 6th, the prisoners there, uh, the, the hearings that are going on, all sorts of things. But one of the uh, other 
I'd say key pieces of work that we've done. And fortunately I was able to have Gary McBride as a part of that too um, with M5 News is that he came on to explain a video that he released on his uh, Rumble channel and on his website, I believe too, right Gary? Um, yes. That, that uh, it was a video of exculpatory evidence for, correct me if I'm wrong, I believe it's Ronald Colton Maccabee is the name of the gentleman. And uh, he is the gentleman, and uh, step in, Gary, in case I'm messing something up yeah. here. Um, but uh, Mr. Uh, Maccabee was the one that was the media had claimed over and over again that he was the one that dragged an officer into the angry crowd that day. Um, they also claimed that he had spiked gloves and he was attacking people and all these other things. So um, Gary came on to set the record straight about that by showing another angle of the video um, that wasn't shown to the public, where it's clear that uh, Maccabee not only does not drag anyone into the crowd, but then also he's there trying to get the Capitol Police's attention, I believe. Uh, I can't speak for the man, but it appears that he's trying to get the Capitol Police's attention because Roseanne Boylan, who you just mentioned, Don, was dying feet away from him, just mm -hmm. mere feet away from him. So, uh, Gary, can you elaborate any more on that story for us? No, that's, that's it. They... Um you know, when you hear the media say that that this officer made his way to the front of the tunnel to save a woman that day who collapsed and died of a drug overdose, it's all totally false. He did make his way to the front of the tunnel. That's it with everybody else. But what they did after that in the video they're not showing is how these people got piled up on top of each other. And those protesters and it's recorded, you can hear it. They're pleading with the cops to help save her. She's dying. Help save her over and over and over again. And they didn't lift one finger. The only cop that lifted his finger to help that woman that day, and even AW, was Officer Ronald McAbee. He's the only cop that day that tried to help her. Wow. That's, has anybody, has, has, have either of you guys tried to reach out to uh, Roseanne Boylan's family? Does she have a family? Is that, you know, yeah. Ashley Babbitt? I, I'm try, I would love to try to get her mother. She recently was on the Rudy Giuliani's podcast, very impressive woman, and you know, yes, very, is. very well-spoken. Uh, do we know anything about Ashley uh, Boylan's family? Yeah, I was in talk with her sister at the beginning. Um, the videos that I found on her, I would always call her and let her know what I found, and I would give her a... I don't like sending... Whenever I find something that's kind of, you know, it's not good to see or whatever, you know, like, even like with Victoria, but sure. it just... I, I call and let them know and just give them a heads up, you know, if so they're not surprised with it. And uh, that's the kind of relationship I form with people whenever I'm doing something and find something. I don't know them, but I just reach out to them. And um, I'm honest with them and truthful what they're about to see. And so, yeah, I was in touch with her for quite some time uh, through it all. Well, what's well her, and what's to point her? out something, uh, sorry, Don, but so, no, to point no. out something important here for the audience, just so they understand, like Gary was able to come on my show and corroborate the story of Victoria White about her experience in the tunnel, which is very traumatic for her, as you can imagine. She was struck over the head over 40 times with a steel rod. Anyone that has any heart or any empathy for their fellow American would look at a woman in that position and say, no, this isn't correct. No, this isn't right. And to have someone like Gary come on my show to back her up when nobody else in the media will touch something like that besides shows like ours, Dawn, like that is very important. That is very important that people note that and it's very important that people pay attention to organizations like M5 News and others that are willing 
uh, have the cojones to really to step out and say, this is the truth. We're going to present it to you objectively, regardless if you want to hear it or not. And we're going to help settle these, these stories and help give a, a proper um, background and definition to these stories for the audience and for what the American public. What you see me is nothing that's been fixed or time stamped or anything. It's, it's what I find and it's what I put out there. And uh, there's nothing more damning than a piece of video that shows proof. No, that's, that's, uh, you know, Victoria's white story is incredible. That's why I, I, I wish, I'm so sad she wasn't able to make it, but hopefully maybe we'll get her on in the future. But she, um, for those of you who don't know, Victoria White was, uh, I believe, filmed trying to stop people from breaking a window. Sure. So, so she was, she was one of those trying to stop violence. And then, as I understand it, she was beaten severely by the cops and uh, thrown into the tunnel inside the Capitol. And that's, I guess, technically she was in the Capitol because she was thrown in the tunnel. But the, as far as I know, that's the only breach she made into the building. What, what, give her some more information that you have about that's what the gist of the story. And she could face up to 30 years in prison, which is just mind boggling. Yeah. Yeah. For doing nothing really, you know, it's just, um, I'll give you some information that I haven't discussed either with bringing this officer up. He's, um, I've got, footage that I found on him where he's always around something that's happened to somebody, you know, be it Victoria White. Um, that night when they're getting people out of there, there's a lot of people yelling at him personally and cussing him out because they had just, this old woman was just knocked down and they're yelling and at this him. Is, this is officer. Down. What's the officer's name again? I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to think of it now too. Um, okay, okay. I've got a nickname, but I better not say it. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so um, it'll, it'll go to me um, in a bit. But uh, because I will put it out there. Um, but she was knocked over, and it was an older woman too. She was, um, and then he was also around. Um, he was he was the officer in the white shirt next to Signic when he was spraying everybody. Um, there's another gentleman that uh, that uh, had collapsed that he had just got through spraying before they went up the steps to the West Terrace. But inside that tunnel, when he made his appearance, before he started hitting. I'll say hit before he started beating up on uh, Victoria. He made his way to the left side of the tunnel, and there's another woman there with this gentleman. And he's just quiet, you know. And and he's like, "Come on, Mama, we got to go. Come on, Mama, we got to go." And he makes it over there and doesn't swing. He starts using his baton on her and stabbing at her. I think he does it probably like four or five times, and then he stops. And then you can watch him go right over, and then he just starts on Victoria. And that's wow. what that's what is not getting out a lot of the guys that were there that day that was there earlier in front of that tunnel and you can see it on footage you can see a lot of these women that are getting hit with sticks um yeah. and they got tired of it so that, this now this is this isn't part of the I, i've heard there's fourteen thousand hours of videotape that have not been released is is this part of that or is there is that something we have no idea what's on that fourteen thousand hours um on which the, what i'm talking about with the video with the other woman yeah, that came out. That, that's out. Okay. Yeah, that's out. That was brought out a few months back. Um, there is some other footage out there that's uh, that's put out there. You can see it on my videos. Six, uh, six. What, what, six? What do we know about the uh, the videotape that's still missing? The fourteen thousand hours, and why? <laughs> why can't we see that? What kind of an investigation is this joke of a January sixth commission conducting? Well, Don, you read my mind on that because I was just about to chime in on behalf of Gary, too, and say to you uh, and your audience, imagine if we had a hundred different angles 
on the Kennedy assassination. Sure. What would that have done for the, the scope of history that we understand? Right. And, and right now with January 6th, we have how many thousands of angles on this story? And that's being kept from us. The question that I would have for everybody out there and a question that everybody needs to ask themselves when they encounter a story like that is why? Why is that being cut from us? You know, my personal answer is, is because it, it's damning. It's damning evidence. The, the main reason why you would keep such you know, evidence that would clear innocent people, that, that, would, that would give people their freedom, that would actually give people their democracy back. The reason why you would keep such evidence is because it's damning against your side, whatever that quote unquote side may be. And that gets a little fuzzy here too, Don. I'm going to say something. I just made the decision right now to say something because um, I don't care what happens to me or anything at all. The fact of the matter is that what our government's doing is, is totally wrong and they're hiding everything from us. And they, they, they use an excuse as it's, it's a, it's a security issue, a national security issue or whatever. And it's, it's not, it's an issue for them because um, of what they did and what they're still doing. And so they don't want nobody to see it because it is the truth and it is going to expose them. Um, the videos that you'll see me putting out that I've already put out is part of that footage. And um, like with the Maccabee case, I know it's exculpatory because they didn't release it, but I found it. Um, and so my intent to that is at first I was, you know, I was concerned about it because they, what they, what they've done is they put fear in everybody. They don't want you to do anything. People right now are sitting on footage that they have at home that was there. They're afraid to put it out because they're afraid they're going to go to jail and be yeah, a, yeah. called a domestic terrorist. So that's why I said I made a decision now. I said, I don't care because what I've been able to do and get, and I don't have certain things anymore, but I took the opportunity and, um, got what I could and um, I'm going to put it out there because people need to see it. And if I get in trouble for that, because I'm sharing the truth of what's going on, that's fine because I'm not, because if I was to have something that was sent to me and not put it out there, I'm just like mainstream media. I'm just like the government. I'm just like everybody else. I'm just hiding it from everybody. And I'm not going to do that, especially when it's true. Well, we appreciate all, all, all your courageous work here. Uh, Chris in the chat room is asking about the uh, the guy that uh, that was arrested in the Capitol after the riot and was supposed to have stolen Nancy Pelosi's laptop. Did you hear about that? He was found with a shotgun blast to his chest in his home shortly thereafter. It shades of uh, all the body counts I've written about. Do we, do we know anything about this guy? I mean, obviously, very suspicious. Yeah, that's the first I've heard. I know who he's talking about. Um, yeah, so he been, was. So he was. He supposedly, well, I think they're claiming he killed himself, but he, you know, oh, a shotgun. it's kind of hard just, to pull a shotgun and shoot yourself in the chest. I guess, <laughs> I don't know. Other, others in other cases, uh, James. Well, and some, now what I want to do is go to work, so I'm going to find out. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's a good one for you to go at. Uh, six, you ever heard anything about that? 
Um, I have not, but that's something I would definitely follow up on myself. But I just wanted to take this moment to, uh, you know, pay respects to the uh, the life of Mark Angst, I believe is his last name. I might be butchering that, and I apologize. But uh, Mark was from Williamsport, PA, I believe, and he passed away due to uh, what's claimed to be suicide last week. And that is the second January Sixer, if you will, on top of, uh, I believe, uh, was it Mr. Perna, right, Mr. McBride? Yeah. You know, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I just wanted to pay some respects there because, like, when we talk about these people's passing and everything, and, uh, you know, I, I'm going to throw this out there too uh, for the listeners, uh, maybe. Like, I, I relate a lot of things uh, to music in my life. Music has brought a lot of beautiful things into my life. Um, and so I'm going to have Don's you know, good friend Chris Graves on Sunday to talk about uh, rock and roll conspiracies. Yes. And I, I love that sort of thing. And I think it's weird. And I will say I'm not very braggadocious, but we are compiling as we speak the best source list ever of rock and roll conspiracies known to man. But um, on that <laughs> on that is, note, not, though, yeah, you're breaking up. Uh, sir, Breaking. Okay. Hear me better now. Yeah. I hear you. Sorry about that. I am on the road, but uh, yeah. Uh, stories, right? And it doesn't have to necessarily be something like a. Sorry, breaking up again. Here, let me. Yeah, you got that yeah, robot off, sound like when you know who starts listening. Yeah, I have a robot sound <laughs> now. The, 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 yeah, oh, yeah, that's that's right. Right. I was over here. You know what that is? You know that. And, all right. And well, here, Chris, um, if y'all can hear Chris me now, in the chat room, yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there we go. Awesome. What up, Chris? Uh, okay. But I was going to say, like, w one of the cool things about you know doing something like that is is talking about all the possibilities that could exist out there. But we we don't mean in this, and I, Don, you've talked about this on your shows and in your writings too. We don't mean to discredit or you know flame anybody or make anyone feel bad about us talking about someone that has passed. You know, I think that's really important for people to keep in mind emotionally when they're looking at these stories is that people like us that are right. just asking questions and want answers and want the truth, um, right. that we're simply just reaching for that. Like we're not we're not trying to, you know, uh, you know, take the name of like a Kurt Cobain or someone like a Mark Angst and, and, and tread on their name. We're not trying to do that at all. But, you know, I don't want to be no, sound. I mean, you know, they're not telling the truth. And, and you want the truth, you're going to find it. Yeah. Absolutely. The, the Absolutely. name Gary, the name, the name of that guy again, courtesy of uh, super researcher Chris Gray's. It's uh, Christopher Stanton. I don't know. Chris is his entire name. Christopher Stanton, Georgia, or he's either in Georgia, but that's the guy that uh, died after stealing a laptop. Okay. So uh, anyhow, so that that's yeah. so th this is wow. uh, well, the, uh, well, I to me, it's uh, thanks for boy, that. That's, uh, for that's sure. quite the story. see. That's what we want. Sure. That's awesome. And, right and, yeah, it's it's uh, there's so much. That's why you know again nobody's really investigating this. And uh, like I said, I as much as I've looked at it, I was not aware of Roseanne, the other lady that died. I had no. I mean that that's gotten no play until recently. I, I had especially because she was beaten to death by a cop. I mean we know about Ashley Babbitt. We know about the cop that shot her and how he left a gun. The sounds of that dawn. The, the sounds of that. The sounds of that video yeah. that Gary played for us on the on that show because we we played uh, we played that video 
um, on the show mm -hmm. uh, that I did with Gary McBride. We, we did a special about the exculpatory evidence and things together and others. But when we talked about Roseanne, the, the, the sounds of Roseanne losing her life um, will haunt me. That is, a, that is a haunting sound to hear her gasp for air. And for someone that's been, I'm a metalhead, so I've been in a lot of large crowds and I've been in things that have been close to stampedes, if not riots before, and it's very scary. I can only imagine being in that situation and then sprayed in the face by a Capitol policeman with OC spray, blinded, and then gasping for air, and then having people land on top of you. And then the good Samaritans around you, your fellow Americans around you, are screaming and pleading to the policeman for help, and they're beating the people asking for help and throwing them in a pile on top of you. I just, I just want to get that across for the audience. But Gary, I'll let you take it. No, that's. I mean, I tell you, I, I don't know how many times I cried over that. Uh, Roseanne crying with Roseanne's sister on the phone. You know, especially when I had to call her and tell her about things that she's fixing to see. That was the most hardest thing for me to ever do. Um, you know, I just, just hearing her coughing. Um, like you said, it's, it's never going to leave my mind. Um, it's what one of the things, you know, many things that helps to drive me to keep going until we get to the bottom of everything. Well, it's, it's unconscionable that no one cares about this. And again, I, I'm, I may be the only one, I, you know, the left doesn't exist anymore, the left that I was on. But uh, I, I think I'm about the only civil libertarian left that uh, considers himself a classic liberal. It's amazing to me that no one's concerned about this. But we talked about crying, watching, uh, hearing that audio and so forth. And uh, we might cry at a lot of things we're seeing, but you can't touch yeah. the hearts of these these people. And I know there's people that were my friends that uh, they're vicious on this. They, they think these are traitors. They want them hanged. I mean, you, I, the stuff people have said to me, and I said, you know, what? You know, what do you, what do you, it's the, the hatred for the, for the so-called, and it's, it's because of hatred for Trump. It's all part of that. But they really, really despise these people. And there's no sentence, like I said, if they decided, you know, we're going to hang everyone who was in the Capitol. I think a substantial portion of America would support that. I don't know what you guys think. Well, I, here's what I think. I think it should be turned the other way around. From what everything that I know right now and what I want to come out with, they should be. Not, not, the, not the protesters, but those in government. They should be held accountable, a high yeah. accountability, <laughs> because because of what they're doing and and they don't care who they're hurting along the way you know um it's just unremarkable how what they're doing and just getting away with it you know they're lying you know when they're telling stories and they don't care that you know they're just going to keep on going they're going to keep pushing their narrative nope, nobody's uh nobody again if we had if you had if you had if you didn't just have to create m5 news but if you had a platform like Fox News or CNN or something, or even a, a local station, just a local the local affiliate here in, in Washington, D.C., I live in the D.C. suburbs. If you had one of these channels, and it would be a strong local story because it took place in D.C., but if, if you had that platform and did investigative series, it would be bombshell news, yeah. but it's not allowed anywhere. I, I'm no, sure I, it, 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 local, national, they won't look at this, and it's it's, it's – it's again. It's it's just incomprehensible to me. I mean, I know I, what I know yeah. about the media, but it's just that when you when you have women getting beat up on killed on camera and stuff, but there's there's you can't touch their hearts. They don't have any feeling about this except they're traitors and whatever happened to them is a good thing. Well, you, you can't talk about it. I'm sorry, Gary, but no, yeah, you can't talk. 
you, you can't talk about it on YouTube or Facebook or any of the major platforms yeah. either. It's not just like nightly news anymore. Like the, the, the perception management, if you will, is being used across the board on all the major platforms, and which is why I'm exclusively on BitChute, Rumble, Odyssey, and Brighteon in those places. I'm surprised I'm still on Spotify because there's a lot of people that have been kicked off, but maybe I just haven't made enough waves yet. But uh, I'll take it when it comes. You know, it's the type of thing where I know that, you know, they'd probably come after me eventually. But whenever uh, people, like you mentioned, Don, people on the left, they're still mourning Brian Sicknick because they think that somebody beat him to death yeah. with a fire extinguisher when that wasn't the whole story. And that leads to a lot of what is happening in our society, I think, is that these people are emotionally reacting to stuff that isn't even real. That yeah. isn't like they're they're reacting yeah. to the false narrative, to the false stories that they were fed months ago, and yeah. it's like it's like uh, Eric July says on his show, they haven't got their firmware update yet. You know, they're just waiting for they they're they're behind on like the information that's necessary to make the proper judgment, and it's up to people like us to have the patience to bring it to them. Unfortunately, and it's tough sometimes. It's really tough. <laughs> yeah, and six, you made a comment yeah. too just now about how um how you know, it's, they just, they, uh, they react to it. You know, as soon as they see something, it's, they totally believe it right away. And, and that, that's how the media does. And that's why I say to people, I'm not going to show you what I want you to see. I'm going to show you what they don't want you to see. So when you see the videos that I put out, that's what you're seeing. You're seeing what they don't want you to see. And that's what they do. You'll hear them. They'll say, what are you going to show us? What are we going to see? What are we going to hear? So they're already planting that in your head, what you're going to see, what you're going to hear. And it's already starting that psychological program going that what you're fixing to see here is supposed to be true, which is not. Yeah, well, Chris is full of questions on the suicided cops, the other deaths that day, uh, people like uh, Christopher Greeson, I think he's, yeah, uh, Kevin Greeson and Kevin Greeson. Benjamin Phillips. Yeah, what, what do you guys know about that? Um, Kevin, I mean, there's, there's, there's no footage of them out. Out, that's out there that I've been able to find that shows them getting hit with a grenade, flashbang, whatever. But I will say this: Kevin Greeson, um, I think, did because about 129, which is about the time that he was, they were working on him. Right after that, there was one flashbang that went off. I think it was one. It was between 127 and 129 or something like that. I have to give. I've got to time my timeline. And so, but. And it was loud. I mean, it was very loud. And it was in the area where he was at. And it was so loud that the cops on the front line, a bunch of them jumped when it went off. Um, and that's about the same time. So, and after seeing a lot of stuff that the flashbangs are doing, how they're helping people out of there, I, I would put the passion that I did with, with Benjamin Phil. Um, you know, it's, I haven't seen anything around the time he was, you know, I just uh, I haven't. So and whenever I get, you know, going down that, if it's taking me a little bit of time looking for something and I have other things I'm looking for, what usually happens when I'm working is that I always like going hunting. You know, when I, when I go elk hunting, I don't ever see an elk, but I see a bunch of mule deer and vice versa, you know. So same thing when I'm looking for something, I don't ever find it. It's, it's when I'm not looking for that object or that thing or whatever. It's when I you know, always find right. it. So. Right. Yeah. Six, I want to give you, you – because you, you had said you had to leave early. Do you, do you still have to leave early? I want to give you a chance to, to say something. Well, Don, as usual, I push it about as far as I can go before I get myself in trouble. So uh, I'm, I'm going to have to uh, uh, sign off now. But just before I go, um, to better give answer your question yeah. about 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, to, to better answer your question too, really quickly about the fallen officers and any situation like that, and I love that the fact that you know somebody like Chris Graves is becoming aware of that, is because how many interesting minds like uh, Chris Graves are out there that could come upon information like that and dig deep into it. And what could we possibly do if we become a community and share that information and organize it? How powerful yeah. could that make us in this country and across the world uh, when we combine efforts like that? So I think that's beautiful. Um, you can find me on Instagram, uh, the new prisoner number six. You can find me on Twitter at uh, new prisoner and the number six. I'm also on Gab and Minds too, if you're on those platforms. But uh, I, I really like, uh, I really appreciate you giving me the opportunity to come on, Don, and speak about these things. Um, I am no expert. I just talk trash on the internet. But I have been fortunate enough to deal with plenty of uh, gifted and talented people, and also uh, people that what I tell people to do all the time on my show, which is weaponizing their passions. So people like Gary uh, McBride here, uh, people like Lisa Bland and others, the people that have a passion for these sort of things and can weaponize the way that can take some Well, you were sounding great. You started to break up now. Robot. Uh, yeah, there's a, you, you're breaking up again. Six. Oh. Yeah, it's, it's it's a robot, like like Gary says. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, we always That's joke about who that is. Okay, I, I, now you're out, Six. You're, yeah, you're, yeah, you're, you're, you're out. Yeah, sorry, Six. I mean, I, I appreciate you coming on the show. Thanks so much. Look for him, prisoner number six. You can find him on Twitter, Instagram, all the usual places. Is is a great podcast. Thanks, thanks for being here. So Gary, um, again, you know, that's, uh, I, I really admire the fact that you've done this kind of work and, uh, I hope you'll give me, uh, if you, if you, you'll ask, uh, Roseanne's sister, I would love to have her on the show. If she's willing to do interviews. She's the only family emerges. Roseanne have a husband or is there anybody? No, she, no, she doesn't. She's, uh, it's two sisters. Um, okay. and, uh, whew. Almost did it. <laughs> I agreed. Uh, and uh, she was her dad's fishing buddy. Okay. And uh, you know, it's you know they made her they made her sound like she was on drugs that day. Did she have a problem with drugs? She did at one time, but she had cleaned her life up seven years prior because mm -hmm. somebody close to her um, had, had passed. I would say passed away because of it. So she cleaned her life up and she was helping other people. That's what she was doing. She was yeah, is, 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 isn't it interesting? Again, this is the same media, the same woke left that uh, yep. went apoplectic when people brought up uh, George Floyd's criminal record and his problems <laughs> with drugs. Oh, that was crazy. You're racist. Well, again, you have to have a single standard. Either yeah. it's always relevant or it's never relevant. So you can't bring up this woman was beaten to death. And to me, and it is it egregious instance as the death of George Floyd. I mean, apparently she was beaten to death by this officer. And I, yeah, she I and the fact that, you know, she say, stayed under the radar so long, I didn't know about her for a long time. So I'd like to know more about her. So, and uh, I hope Victoria White's listening to the show. And again, I, uh, yeah, me too. If I sounded, you know, I was a little, you know, I was a little, 
I get that ticked off, but I was very disappointed when uh, she canceled. And so I, I just, I just really wanted to talk to you. I, I watched your other interviews and uh, very much admire because you're, you know, you, you're, you're very good at what you, you know, you're very good at expressing yourself. And uh, it's, I think it's, inter- you know, it's important for people to see that these are real people out there, the faces of people who you're because of, uh, because of the fact we've allowed these incredible authoritarian tyrants to take control that uh, people like her are in danger of having a real long prison sentence, having their lives ruined over nothing, absolutely right. nothing. I mean, if, if it's a crime to stop someone from vandalizing and then to get beat to a pulp, uh, you know, I, I don't know what to say. I mean, that's, it's mind boggling to me, but I, I know from talking to enough of these people, they don't care about evidence there because identity politics is based on, and I think this is what the core of it is. This is, it, it's, because they they feel they get triggered by the, all those Trump hats and all those Trump. It doesn't matter what you think of Trump. You know, I, I I've criticized Trump so many times, but it doesn't matter who it who it was. They had a right to be there. They had a right to express themselves. If if you can find the evidence of who broke windows and did the very minor vandalism that occurred that day, uh, the, the the assault on officers today was nowhere near what you would see in your average BLM riot. But I mean, how, how do we know? I mean, how? Because as I understand it, right, they still have not found a single gun that was on any of the protesters, and yet they continue to call it an armed insurrection, right? That's right. Yeah, it's totally false. Not an armed insurrection. The only one that was armed that day was the police officers. You know, it's uh, right. and I and I can honestly say that they're the ones that started it because, um, you know, you've got those guys standing up on top with their, you know, like paintball guns that shoot those pepper balls. And the protesters and the cops were going at it, but you don't shoot those things at people's face and their heads, which was what they were aiming at. You don't do that. I mean, you can even see them bounce off the back of officers' helmets. Um, And it went in that one guy's cheek. Um, So, and as soon as the uh, civil disturbance unit for Metropolitan Police Department showed up, which is a gang in itself, um, as soon as they put their feet on the ground where those protesters were at, which were doing nothing. They were not doing anything. They just immediately started spraying them. And Officer Thal, Daniel Thal, he's the worst cop of the day out there. And he, it didn't take him long. I think he was on the ground when he got there for maybe two minutes, three minutes, when he already used his uh, taser to shoot somebody. And um, it's like a little Tasmanian devil. It's like they let that toddler lease off of this little officer and he just started going crazy with munitions. Um, he used a taser three times and he took them off of other officers to use. Um, this guy's a, if he hasn't killed anybody, he's going to one day the way he acts. Yeah, well, it's, it, well, it's amazing, you know, that these, especially when you consider, we just went through this entire thing about defunding the police, lots of criticism about police, all those riots were based on the actions of the police and they become heroes here. They, they're considered heroes for what they did because, and again, this is identity politics. Either you question yeah. what, and I question what, what police do all the time. They're out of control. But uh, here they were out of control. Here they did lots of nasty things. Here they were, uh, they overreacted wildly to an unarmed uh, group expressing their constitutional rights. But I don't expect any – has any officer been criticized? Well, if you don't criticize the guy that shot Ashley Babbitt, 
with his record. I mean, I obviously none of them none of them are going to be criticized for anything, no matter what we catch on videotape. No, I mean he should have been charged. I mean, just by what all he did. You know, it's um, if you do anything against what they say, you're just going to be a racist. That's all. I'm by far. I'm not a racist. I am not at all. But they'll say you are. I mean, they're they're calling black people racist. You know, because they're not. Yes standing up for what they believe in you know it's ridiculous it's right. just and they people believe that is just i don't know I, I just don't agree with it but yeah it's um you know with with berg was shooting ashley i mean he he has no gun training he just he does not know how to carry a firearm at all i mean the way he was acting and um then when he shot i mean when he shot he wasn't even i mean he he pushes the gun you know and then shoots um I don't know if you saw that video that I put out where I found that second uh, possible gunman. I always say possible because mm-hmm. there's no proof that he fired a shot, but there was somebody standing in the background who raised his firearm and pointed it at Ashley also. I mean, that in itself is you're finding a firearm or, or you're uh, aiming a firearm towards something that you're not sure or clear of what's standing behind them either. Okay. Um, and, and they didn't do a full investigation because three weeks ago, uh, about maybe, no, about probably about, five, six weeks ago now, um, I found on the footage and it's, it's really hard to find because when I found it, I knew I had it. I told a couple people and then I went to work and then I tried to find it yesterday and I had to look for it all over again. But when he shoots, that bullet hits a piece of wood first before it hits Ashley. So that goes back to saying that investigation was done. It also says a whole lot about his training because when he shot, it hit something and, um, I did research on that because I know a bullet ricochets with my firearms training and it's nine to 12 degrees of adjustment. When you shoot, when you ricochet off something, you know how bad it is, but like a glance, it's nine to 12 degrees. Well, I think he, I, I think he could have shot, you know, a a couple babies in strollers while shooting it. And I I don't think anything would have happened because it just, at this point, I answer questions and this is, it's, I mean, he's supposed to answer questions, you know, and he didn't want to, he wanted to get a lawyer first. He didn't, yeah. he didn't go attend the aid of her after he shot. He didn't follow the process that an officer does. When you shoot yeah. somebody, you go render first aid. You don't run off and start crying like he well, says he did. Well, this is, this is a guy that had been caught in the past leaving a loaded weapon in the Capitol bathroom. I mean, I, could there be anything more irresponsible for a cop to do than that? You see him I mean, when he's on the floor when he's holding his gun out? He's got a package in his left hand and he's got the pistol? Yeah. And he's pointing no, I, at all the other officers? That's how instead of aiming it down, he's got it aimed at the other officers. <laughs> Again, he's not trained. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe that explains why uh, why there are so many shootings. Maybe they didn't intend to do it. They're just completely uh, irresponsible and reckless, and uh, they don't have the proper training. But it's uh, this is amazing to me because this is a, really a, a, a spectacle of uh, – how the police and, and again, what about what do we know about all of the police that are caught on again on videotape waving, yeah. waving the people inside the building? OK, so if it's if you're trying to prevent an insurrection and you're so concerned about this, why are you telling them to come inside? I mean, that's isn't that classic entrapment? What, what was how, and, and They're not even trying to find out who those officers were, correct? No, you know, and, and you know what, and you, and, and it does, and I do this sometimes and I catch myself like I do just now because we're always talking bad about what they're doing. There are some good cops out there. There are some cops I really felt bad about when we watch footage because you can literally tell they're scared. You can tell that they don't want to be there. I remember this one kid yelling at the cops to pick up that flag, pick up that flag. 
And one of those officers kept turning around and looking, and he finally left the line. He went and picked up that flag. You know, and some of those stories I probably need to get out there a little bit more other than just we always focus on that bad stuff. And I'm bad about that. But, you know, it's you know, there's there's one officer that's part of the CD unit that's that's uh, tagged to Daniel Thal, who um, was doing his job. But he was also warning them instead of going in there and shooting them with ga- or shooting with pepper spray or a taser or whatever. He was letting them know, don't do this or I have to do this. He's, he's letting them know. I mean, he's, and he needs to be recognized for that because when he did that, he de-escalated everything he, he came up on. He de mm-hmm. but that was, he was the only one that I found that's, that's doing that. The rest of, not all, but most of them, which are a few, they're, they're the instigators is what they, they, these cops are, especially like Daniel Thal. Well, at this, at this point, you know, it's okay for us to do it with the platforms we have. Um, I, I guess, hopefully, <laughs> we're not risking prosecution by even talking about this. But that's uh, the truth. But I mean, but there, uh, I, I can kind of see how, like, especially if, uh, whatever cops that were there that day that didn't approve what was going on, or maybe you know supported what the people were, were saying, <laughs> thought that was fraud. Uh, I can understand. I mean, how, how does somebody like that come forward? They're going to be demonized. They're going to be fired immediately. Uh, so I think it, I, I think why we don't see officers coming out to tell the story also is because afraid of what's going to happen to them. I truly believe that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, after what's happened to those other officers, you know, were those other officers coming to spill the beans and tell everybody what's going on? I don't know. I mean, but that's how I think about those things. You know, it, it's a possibility. Yeah, it is. After what you see and learn about what's going on. Well, you know, so. I mean, I, I had a uh, a woman again, th- courtesy of the great Lisa Belanger, who just comes up with great guests for me. But uh, she uh, found this woman who is—I I don't even know her name. She was, she goes, she calls herself Helly because she's scared of being prosecuted. But she she sent me video video and uh, pictures from that day, so I know she was there. And uh, she witnessed a lot of stuff that was, you know, pretty incredible. And she witnessed a lot of the violence on the part of the police. And but. She's I, I don't blame her for being scared to come identify herself because I mean, she's she, we see what's happening. What what about well, the most amazing part of all? And one thing about Victoria and I, that's one of the first things I was going to ask her is because of the fact she faces one of the longest sentences I've heard 30 years as for a maximum. That's outrageous. But how how did she because uh, to my knowledge, I don't think she's been in prison at all. But you still have people that have been there since the beginning for a year and a half now that have, have been denied all due process. Uh, they've uh, denied bail, beaten, solitary confinement, all the allegations that we've heard. How, how did Victoria escape being? Did she just have a, a really good attorney? I mean, what do we know why she, I mean, I, I'm not saying she shouldn't be there, obviously. No, but, I understand. Yeah. yeah. No, I don't, you know, I don't know. I, I question things about that all uh, every day because, um, you know, I don't, it, is it because of what they did to her? So they're not putting her in jail just to give her a break before they come and prosecute her. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's, um, it's, it's, there's people in jail right now and I've helped most, a lot of the guys that are in the DC jail, but there's individuals that did worse that have been in my, on my red flag from the beginning that are not in jail. that don't have ankle bracelets that didn't have to turn their passport in. They just have to call if they're going to go out of state or out of the country. Yet they did things that they should be in there for, if not worse than what some of those guys that are sitting in there for. That that's that's where I can't. I just 
that's what I'm always at a loss at. Why is that happening? Because, um, and I'll back up a little bit because uh, those people that they're doing that, they're letting out and all that, uh, they're part of what went on that day as far as it being planned and, and uh, coordinated. Well, Ray, uh, Ray Epps, how is if if Ray Epps is <laughs> is this victim? You know, I mean, he's the only only person there that day. New York yeah. Times runs a sympathetic portrayal of him. He's been demonized. Uh -huh. I mean, I, I thought they all had to be executed. This this is the one insurrectionist that was pretty cool, right? He's a victim, but he's on tape urging people to go inside the Capitol. He's never been arrested. Obviously, you know, they're chanting fed, fed, fed there. The conclusion is inescapable that that's what he was, an undercover agent, because why wasn't he prosecuted? Why sure. is he being, why is he given sympathetic portrayal by the New York Times even now? That's the kind of thing when you look at that and say, you talk about selective prosecution and, uh, you know, the, the, some people avoided it. Some people avoided jail time. Others have been in there. Joe Biggs, who was a big name. He was a he was a big shot at Infowars with Alex Jones for years. As far as I know, he's still in prison. And I think he's he's alleged being beaten in, in uh, solitary confinement. And they are apparently trying to, when the January 6th commission started, they focused on some pictures of him and they're trying to really make him out to be some kind of ringleader, which is ridiculous. But yeah. what, what, what what do we do about, uh, you know, is there any kind of explanation for the inconsistency there in terms of why some people have been treated so shabbily and others uh, like Ray Epps uh, run free? I think it has to deal with who they listen to who they work for quite honestly because um there's you know it's it's hard for people to believe probably when i say things like i'm fixing to but but when you've looked at what i have for as long as i have um of these videos you start seeing a clear picture of so much of this coordination going on with a lot of a lot of people that's there to supposedly record a documentary um and there is a Maybe there are six companies there that day to record uh, documentaries, and you're supposed to have a permit mm -hmm. to do that. None of them had permits, um, but that's the process you got to go through. Um, but at the beginning, inside that tunnel, and even afterwards, when everybody's outside, most of those people that are on the outside of the everybody in the middle going inside um, have not been arrested. And they're the ones you see their faces up there all, you know, most of the time anyways. Um, but you, you hear about hand signals and you start picking it and you start understanding certain things. Um, I just figured out something about four days ago. Um, the way these, these guys are working, you know, they, they come down the steps or whatever, like they did with Phenome. They had people around Phenome that he was pulled down that were, I was told early last year that there's people there that are medics. There's people there that, their job is to make sure that the officer doesn't pull his weapon and shoot somebody or protest or pull a weapon and shoot him, shoot a police officer. That was their jobs that day. And I, I, uh, I put that phenomenal story out. You can see it. And then I found footage three days ago that's on the opposite side that shows exactly what I just said about how they're keeping Fanon from pulling his weapon, which is what he was doing. And so who followed Fanon out when they're kind of protecting him and everybody else around him? When they get to the bottom of those steps, I had noticed what they were doing. And they, they raise their hands up and they'll just hold their hands up and just leave them there. Nobody else is because earlier before that, I noticed cops are pointing down and making, you know, like people like they're talking to somebody or making eye contact. And so I think what's going on there is just a little bit of communication, you know, with whatever they're communicating, but it's obvious.
Yeah. Well, have you, I mean, while investigating this, have you, I know this is probably just a laugh to even ask it, but no. have you attempted to contact any mainstream journalist about any of this and just, especially some of the video you found and stuff? I mean, I know yeah. what the answer is they wouldn't be interested, but I'm just wondering. Let me tell you what, what just happened. So yeah, yeah, I've been trying to get a hold. I could get a hold of my Senator. Uh, <laughs> even, well, Ted Cruz, I'll tell you right now, his voicemail is always full. I think he does it on purpose. Yeah. But you know, these people want you to vote for them because your vote is your voice. But yeah, when they get voted in, you realize you don't have a voice because no. I've tried mainstream media with the stories I have. A lot of these stories that I'm coming out with, um, because I want it out on a, a big platform so people see it, you know. And I call emails and everything and, and don't give them everything. And when I do give somebody something, I always leave a few things out because I need to keep ammo to myself, <laughs> you know, so I don't, I don't walk away with it. But I've had stories stolen from me. And, and just quite recently with uh, um, the Epoch Times, that documentary that came out was uh, I pushed Joe Hanneman to do that. I was in his ear all the time. He was the one writing my stories uh, or writing the content that I put out. They never want to put my name on there because they didn't want me to get in trouble. And I said, well, I don't care. You know, they knew my situation personally, what's going on. And I wanted to. And so they did. But, you know, I was interviewed for that documentary, um, even went with Joe to interview uh, Luke Coffey. And when that documentary came out and I knew it was coming just by some conversations we had, but they'd completely cut me out of it. And so I just completely cut them out. And now that they know what I know, there's, they've talked, they had a live show today talking about how they're going to start coming out with more stuff. Have you seen the Epic times? I've heard about that. Have you heard, have you seen it? Yeah. Or I watched it the other day. Yeah. It just came out. Yeah. Was, Joe did an article on me because I, I, when he told me he's doing an article on me, we're going to push my gift single account. I knew right there what they had done. <laughs> you know, I, I just knew. And so when I watched that documentary, it was just, just like what I thought. They, it's just, uh, um, I hated that uh, it happened, but, you know, it's something that you learn going through it. Um, so what what was it, a, a whitewash? Did they get let any information in or? Oh, yeah, they put my information in there, but it's their information. They're, they uncovered it. Oh, I see. They did all the work. So they just—they just, they just they didn't give you credit, but I mean, are they oh, coming? No. Are they coming? Are they approaching it from the, uh, the, the the truth, or are they covering up? Yes, yeah, it's the truth. The content's out there. That's what I said. I said at least it's out there, you know. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but but when I see when, when people do that, and but they it's it's supposed to be a, a another way, you know, with what you were told it was going to be, and sure. then it wasn't. You know, that's I cut ties with them, and I'm not going to. Well, I did, it makes you feel, this is kind of stuff. And the Epic Times is, I guess, getting bigger. But yeah. uh, this that's standard procedure. I can't tell you how many I've been. Yeah. You know, I, I got my start uh, the JFK assassination. That's my baby that I've been oh, researching wow. forever. So uh, and the research community there is for, there's been so many allegations of that people taking other people's work, not crediting oh. them and so forth. I mean, even had that recently in the uh, film by Oliver Stone and Jim Eugenio that uh, uh, a couple of people I know, you know, had their work and uh, initially yeah. weren't, weren't credited. And so it still happened. They, they, they corrected it. But uh, so that's unfortunately a common thing. And I, I don't know why. Well, it wasn't even credited because even, uh, you know, I was even interviewed. It was going to be in the documentary and it was me getting my message out about some of the yeah. stuff that I had had done. And if that that's what was important to me was that message, because I was my message wasn't about what was about me personally with my stuff. Or about anything. Well, and, you know, I talked a little bit about Rosanna stuff, but my message was out to people about we need people to 
not be afraid, you right. know, to stand up. We need, especially I was a pastor, kids pastor for 12 years. And, you know, I won't get you. They can go to my website, m5newsgate.com and read about what happened going on with me, you know? And so, um, what they did, like it was going on in Portland, they put that fear in you. And you, the beginning of the show, asked about how in five news. I did that because of what I uncovered in the beginning, and I instantly had fear in me a fear of what was going to happen to my family if Antifa or BLM found out because they'd be my front door. And then after about a month or so, I thought, that's ridiculous. Where I live at, that ain't going to happen. And I'll have probably 1,500 residents that know me around here with guns circling my house. Well, I mean, well talk, talk about your you family because a lot, a, lot, a lot of times, a lot of people, a lot of us can attest to the fact that uh, family members are not always supportive when you go into these areas and you uh, catch a lot of hate and you become unpopular and uh, they fear. How, I, I, I don't know, married, you have kids. What, what is your family like? Yeah, I'll try to get through it too. So, and that's why I created the website so that uh, I can tell people to go to it and read about it. But um, yeah, I was married 28 years. She left me last year, oh, June God. 15th. Um, and uh, I didn't mean to I predict it. I've got three boys. No, you're fine. You're fine. Yeah. I've got three boys that are grown. Um, I couldn't go to one, my youngest boy's wedding uh, oh. because of my wife, uh, you know, and him. There's whatever the reason is. Uh, I've got a grandson I've never met. Um, that was born last year, my first grandkid. And, uh, you know, it's, they, I thought I was crazy too in the beginning when I'm, why me? Why me? You know, I argue with God. Why am I seeing all this? Why am I finding all this? Why me? Why did not lose my family? You know, yeah. all the white questions. And you know what? It's, it, it happened. Um, I'm in a better spot now. I'm, I'm fine, you know, um, compared to what it was like last year, you know, but um, I can't, I can't stop. It doesn't matter. You know what's going on with other things. You know. Well, you so already lost. I, I mean, keep going. That's what I say. Nobody's. They can't take anything else. I've lost it all. <laughs> but but I'm, so basically, you're saying that the the breakup was largely due to what you're doing, your work. Yeah. Well, that's probably that. No, I say that's part of it. Yeah. You know, it's uh, it just our we were working through stuff, but it wasn't like like a leaving type of situations or divorce or something, you know, it's just, uh, I'm going to tell you something. The lockdown messed up a lot of people. It really did. Psychologically, it messed up a lot of people. We lost our company, you know, our family, you know, when we had to shut down. And the big part of that was the SBA, you know, not doing their part to help out small businesses like mine. Yes. Yes. Um, And so it, it did, it did exactly what they wanted it to do. They wanted to put you in a hurtful situation. Well, what are you going to do about it? Yeah, yeah. You know, they did. So, yeah. Well, I can't. T- I can't tell you how common your situation is to people I've talked to. I mean, uh, Wolfgang Halbig, who's the, was the foremost whistleblower on Sandy Hook. Uh, his wife and his wife lay. He was he was seventy five years old. His wife left him. His kids abandoned him. Uh, just horrible. He's by himself just because he wouldn't stop looking into this. Uh, I had my old buddy Kevin Ship and Richard Gage too. Nine eleven. Truth activists, both their marriages broke up because of it. Uh, lots of other people. So it's it's uh, it's unfortunate because fa- but families. Uh, you know, that's what I made a point to Josh Phillips and Joe Hanneman. What I told him, I said, here's what you need to see what you're doing to people on the other side like me when you do this, because you don't know what's going on. When I tell the only son that talks to me, my mom and my sister, a documentary is coming out that they did a small interview and they're going to get my content out. And I'll be on there and everything. And then my son doesn't see his dad on another documentary after I told him I was going to be on there. How do you expect him to think? 
You know what I mean? Oh, my God, mom is right. Dad is crazy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's so a- that's the point I was making across to them. Um, when I let them know, I let them have it. Yeah, I, I can understand that. And I, I, I feel for you, but you're doing great work, man. Well, at this point, like you said, you've lost something dear to you. So, yeah, you, you, you might as well keep going because that yeah. we can't be we can't be scared of that because uh, unfortunately, we we're, we're this is the final stand pretty much. I mean, we you know, we are we're, we're up, we're up against the wall and we have to as many of us have to tell the truth as possible. That's why it's sad to see the Epic Times or anybody. Uh, because all of, all of us should be together. If they're if they're gonna if they're actually portraying the truth about what happened, then the last thing they should be doing is screwing over somebody who did the research for them. And they don't use least... Christianity either. And don't talk about how much of a Christian you are and, and how right. evil this is. And then you go and do something like this. I don't, you know, exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's I mean, just that's hard. So Epic Times, uh, you might have done some good work, but that's that's ridiculous. And there's that shouldn't happen. But again, it's all too common. I can't tell you yeah. how. I learned um, that quick. That's that's the fourth time, maybe. How many times have we got to take? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's put, it's put the contents out there. You know, that's it's standard, sure. brother. I, I again, I feel yeah. for you, man. But I've I've kept you over an hour, so I want to I want to I, I, oh, I, I give you a chance to uh, give it, give all your links out or whatever. Tell people how you can find you. Promote anything you want to promote. Okay, no, you can find me at uh, m5newsgate.com and uh, on Rumble, YouTube, and uh, Twitter. You can find me on M5 News on I think most of those M5 News Texas or I'm easy yeah. to I'm easy to find. I don't I don't want to stay hidden like I was trying to in the beginning um, <laughs> and stay and lay low you know and be quiet um, because that's what I did for a while and uh, when when you when you uncover something and you think you're not ever going to see anything else and uncover oh my you got ten more that you just you're, you're going to find it just, it's just a never ending process and and I will leave this one thing because. This J6 thing, it's not just J6. It's it, it's they they did this again. They created this again. That was so big that it's going to make the people out there see why they have to change and push this domestic terrorist law. And when they do that, I'm going I'm to say when they do it, when we stop that, we're going to stop them from taking our right to speech because that's what they're trying to do. They put the fear in everybody that if you say anything, we're going to follow domestic charges on you, domestic terrorist charges. Nobody's ever going to talk. Nobody's ever going to protest again, ever. Absolutely, I think that's the problem now. They they saw what happened the, the last time it was so. But yeah, uh, Gary McBride, you know you're doing great work. Uh, everybody, thank check you. him out. And uh, you uh, just on J6 alone, you, you've done Yeoman's work. And uh, check out that guy that uh, that stole Nancy Pelosi's laptop. And because uh, that's <laughs> that's a big story already. Yeah, well, you're, 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 you you sound like you have a real reporter's skill, so it's too too bad that uh, if only we had a free press, some some local news station or newspaper would be gobbling you up. But uh, Well, I tell you, this is not – I want to make clear right now, this is not all me. This is not me. That's, there's no, I didn't go to school. I'm talented or anything like that. I, I'm, honestly, this is all God. Well, it's, 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 it's it. great. Yeah, I mean, this, yeah. this, is, this is a spiritual battle, but you, you have yeah. you have those in, in, uh, those just – you have curiosity. And you Absolutely. have you, you have I want to know the truth. Yeah, and that's that's what every journalist. I mean, aren't they supposed to be curious? But they are yeah. so uncurious. They don't ask any questions unless it's to question people like us. Then they'll question that. You know, they're full of questions then. But at any rate, Gary McBride, yeah. thanks, thanks so Thank much you for, for having me. Oh, Thank I, I appreciate. It. Thanks for coming on such short notice. So, okay. Gary McBride, take care. Thank you, sir. Okay. So anyhow, let's see. Well, I got to tell you, folks, the uh, 
I finally get a, a again courtesy. Thank you. Thanks to, for uh, this nice outfit, which was uh, possible in many ways because of your uh, contributions at Rockfin. I really appreciate that. I've got a, a new laptop that works much better. I got a, uh, a webcam, so you're probably seeing me from a different angle. Uh, but I'm able to monitor the chat or I couldn't because my equipment was so crappy it would it would knock me off if I tried to open the window to look for the but um, the uh, the chat is decidedly slow today boy it's been it's been hummingly okay now it seems like more people are coming in because of course they see Ron, of course Chris hey Grace uh, there's Tom Cooper Let's see what we got here because they go uh, figure we start talking about something good and they start putting this trap on us. <laughs> Oh, okay, yeah. Well, you're still here, okay. So, <laughs> well, if you want to stay on, that's fine. You you want to stay? We can keep talking. I'm just seeing what. Uh, oh, I thought you were talking to me. Yeah, monitor the show. Waiting for. No, no, and oh, I thought you wanted you wanted to stay for an hour. No, we, the show will last until for uh, oh till seven, but uh, so we got uh, a little over half an hour. I'm just seeing if we have anything in the chat. Maybe some questions for you. Um, or <clears throat> Alex Jones and friends are slandering him in court right now. Yeah, I, I, that Alex Jones thing, and uh, it's it's ama amazing. And that's again, that's that's what all of us have to worry about is that when you see, and of course they're questioning Sandy Hook, which is coming to become a real emotional issue because it's uh, they're they're going after him. So that scares me a little bit. That's why every time I mention Sandy Hook, and I'll do it again. Uh, that I am not saying I know anything about what happened or didn't happen that day. I'm making no representations. I'm just asking questions. And there's nothing wrong with asking questions. There's lots of dubious elements of that day, and we should be able to question it. But unfortunately, he's. Uh, it looks like they're not handling it well. Again, InfoWars doesn't look like they have a great attorney. I don't know. I, I, don't, I, I, I was shocked <laughs> if, he, if he isn't felt guilty by that jury. Uh, you know what, Don? See, I'm gonna say one thing before I clock myself out, since I didn't know I was supposed to. <laughs> sure. So hey, let me let me. Oh sure. So what? Um, you know, talking about how everything's going on. You know what we see. You know, in the courtrooms right now, just like what you mentioned with Alex Jones. They're, you know, what they're doing with him. Mm -hmm. um, um, what happened to one man back in 2008 is happening to hundreds of people right now, and that one man is Senator Ted Stevens who had an election stolen from him, mm -hmm. who had a made up story about him from the DOJ and the FBI, who found him guilty and in Judge Sullivan's court, the same Judge Sullivan that had General Flynn and the same judge that's calling these defendants in his courtroom terrorists. Yeah. Judge Sullivan did get an investigation going for Ted Stevens when he found out and he got off. Um, and found not guilty, but he lost the election, which at the time he was the longest running senator at the time in U.S. history. And him losing that seat shifted the government to the left. And his yeah. this investigation came out in 2012 that found him not guilty. But in 2010, he died in a small plane crash. Those prosecutors never charged. There was. They ended up just being let let off or whatever. But one of those officers, a month after Stevens died in the plane crash, committed suicide. It's just the mm -hmm. same story over mm -hmm. and over again. It's, it's history now. It's repeating itself. Yeah. And that's like the video that I put out. And it's 
And, and, and what I did in that video is I'm calling out Judge, Judge Sullivan because he, because the exculpatory evidence that I found in his courtroom, you would think as long as he's been on that as a judge that he could see through this by now or just ignoring it. Yeah. I, I say he's just ignoring it because he knows what's going on. And that's why I stand up and speak. And that's why I hope I encourage everybody else to just don't be afraid. I mean, just that's what we're here for. Just help each other out, stand up and speak and not be quiet. Exactly. If we're not standing up and speaking right now, they've already taken our right to speech away. If you're not doing it now, they've already taken it away from you. So, but absolutely, you know, and you're, you're doing great work. And I, I well, I'm, I'm going to support you and I'm going to talk you up. Gary, Gary McBride, you're doing great work. M5 News. Thanks so much. Thanks for being with us. Thank you. Take care. All right. Bye bye. Take care. Thank you. Bye. Okay. Let's see. Okay. It said, did Alex uh, make claims? John Henry 377. I'm not sure what claims. Are. You know, the, the, the thing about Alex Jones in the court is that, that the, the idea that he was ever extreme on Sandy Hook is ridiculous. He, he was not. If anything, you could charge him with not being extreme enough. He bent over backwards, I think. And, but he gave a platform to Wolfgang Halbig, who now, I don't know what Wolfgang's, I, I had him on my show, the old I protest show on TFR once. And uh, I could never get a hold of him again. I had his old attorney on once. And uh, I, we, she didn't know what happened to him either. But last I heard, he was arrested in the middle of the night. Uh, 75 years old, cancer or whatever. And, and he was like marched in the middle of the night across a field or something, something horrible, but I, I can't find any accounts of it. I just heard that because again, what the hardest thing, and that's why I thank God for people like uh, Chris Graves and Bob Wilson and Peter Seekosh, the three searchers who helped me so much in Hidden History 3 and it helped me a lot because uh, I just, you know, just, just for instance, when I was writing an article for American Free Press and I write there regularly, I hope you guys check out American Free Press. Uh, the nation's last independent and free newspaper comes out every other week now but i i always have three stories in every issue so you can check out there and of course they're it's not my typical work because i have to write like a newspaper reporter but that's okay i have to keep it at 800 words so it's a different way i can't let my uh, my typical long-winded and flowery sentences take hold and i can't uh, you know pontificate i can't really give opinions but uh it's it's, it's interesting to get the news out there but um and of course, I've lost my train of thought. Why was I talking about American police? Oh, I, I was, uh, I just wrote an article about, uh, God, what were we talking about? I need someone in the chat room to prompt me. But um, I said Wolfgang was tagging everyone in the media who had listened. Well, right, he was, you know, they, they weren't trying to, um, the problem is he, he didn't really, he, he was the only one that was out there. He went up to, uh, to Sandy Hook himself, and now they're trying to demonize Dan Badani, who I also interviewed once before, who's a, you know, a nice guy, a well-meaning guy, easy to make fun of, though. And uh, <clears throat> Badande uh, went up there and covered that as well, and Alex Jones initially did and said he was going to go up there, but again, he backed off, he threw Wolfgang under the bus and uh, for fear, I think. And uh, whatever reason, I, I think Alex made mistakes when he apologized for PCD8, when he uh, apologized uh, Basically said, I never said that about Sandy Hook. Just stand on the First Amendment, man. And now what situation he's in? This this ridiculous um, um, Keystone Cops courtroom he's in now, They the judge has ruled that the First Amendment is that he can't use the First Amendment. He can't talk about that. 
and um, you know that's uh, that's the situation you find when you don't use it when you should. He should have talked about the First Amendment early on, but he didn't. He never made that defense. And I see faded reality. This is a familiar name showed up. Thanks for being here, faded. It's shown up late today. Haven't been able to get to the phone. Um, good to see a faded reality. And again, we started late, and it's become. It seems like there's something every 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 uh, week. Uh, so a lot of times it's my fault, uh, but uh, today we had last minute cancellation. We had problems getting the guests hooked up and uh, uh, problems with me transcribing the emails. And all, you know, it's, it's, I seem to, to do that all you too. Can always blame it on me, Don, and, and people will believe it. Oh, Tony's back. Okay, no, no, no. I, I didn't. Uh, no, I, I always that's that's my style, Tony. <laughs> I I have to I, I have to tell the truth and blame it on me. But uh, so I don't know. It's um, so hopefully people uh, is my audio sounding better when you listen to it, Tony, than it did before. It it's excellent. Okay, excellent. that's the difference. Not good. That's good. But, uh, so what did you? I mean, this is just just amazing to me that uh, and again Victoria White and I hope we can get her back on. I hope she doesn't. You know, I, I was a little frustrated with I, you know, I, and I can't. I can't hide the fact, guys, you know, whatever, every time I get a last cancel, minute cancellation, it used to happen on TFR a lot when I had no producer and literally like 10 minutes before airtime, oh, I can't make it. I was like, what am I supposed to do? So, um, and I, I used to hate that. And every time it still feels like uh, I'm a high school kid again, and I'm getting ready to go pick a girl up and they call and they can't make it. You know, it's just, that's, that's what I feel like. Somebody broke a date with me and it's uh, okay. So I, again, I understand things happen, and in a certain her case, she's gone through hell. So I hope we can get her back on the show. But uh, I couldn't hide my disappointment. I told her, I said, I can't, you know, I can't pretend I'm not disappointed because I, watching her other interviews, and or, or, they certainly Gary and uh, Prisoner Six did a good job of presenting things. But uh, you have to hear her, and the fact that she faces 30 years in prison for for nothing, absolutely nothing, is just mind blowing. I don't, I don't know if you how much you were listening, Tony. I, yeah, I listened, uh, and I had some customers too. So sorry, but I, I just I always listen to make sure that the stream is is uh, functioning correctly. But it was it was good content and, and a great conversation. And you know, I um I kind of halfway expected that from the Epic Times because yeah. they are kind of um, they do present some good news, and we we subscribe to them. But mm -hmm. uh, something about their narrative kind of reminds me of the standard GOP talking points. Yeah, yeah. Especially yeah. when it's it's all about China, right? And like China did it. <laughs> China, and China, I always China, think yeah. like, yeah, well, China did it because you gave it to them, right? Or, or you're working yeah. with them yeah. to make this happen, yeah. whether that's social credit score or whether it's viruses or whatever. Yeah. I just saw on, on Zero Hedge right now that Twitter censoring all content from the Epic Times. And, uh, and I was like, well, that's, that's kind of weird. Um, yeah. And you know what's funny, Don, too? During your, your interview, I got three different texts from the RNC. Wow. You know, the RNC, so the, the one thing, I, the first thing you should ask the Republican Party if they call, I've blocked every number they they've had yeah. literally, uh, there's over a hundred numbers that I've blocked. I'm never giving them any money. <laughs> but the first thing that anybody should ask is how how come no one in the Republican Party is fighting for the January sixth prisoners? Exactly, exactly. Those are all your voters. They're not going to vote for the people. Democrats. <laughs> yes, your people. Why are you yeah. not fighting for them? Why are you not yeah. holding in hearings and investigations? Why isn't there right. outrage? Um, that again, you know, and. Uh, People deserving a fair 
hearing constitutional your constitutional rights and uh, to be able to face your accuser and know what you're being charged with. I mean, this is yeah. it, it, it makes everything else null and void in our country. Yeah. If we if we have political prisoners in this country, then everything else is a complete lie. Maybe it is. Yes. You know, I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm open to that now, but um, people can't go around. You know, I mean, you said the same people. You know, there's all for Trump and, you know, we're we're uh, we're skeptical of the FBI. They need to be held accountable and big government. And then those same people want to give billions of dollars to Ukraine to prop up exactly. you know, some yeah. failed state. Yeah. And I'm like, I just, you know, again. Yeah, we need we need we, we need to have uh, the, there. There is no opposition. That's why, again, people that I I, I for years, people heard me talk about. I, I call them Republicrats, Tweedledum and Tweedledee to quote the great Huey Long. But uh, high Papa Loam, low Papa High, all the great things he said about him are absolutely true. But things have changed in the last four or five years where there is a distinction between the two parties now that wasn't there before in terms of uh, the the worst of the de- – really almost all the Democrats are just literally insane. With their, I mean, they, they are pushing things that are just batshit crazy, and the Republicans – with few exceptions, of course, they're going along with it, but they're not fighting it. But uh, I, I, I think if somebody put a gun to my head now and I thought they actually counted my vote, which they, I'm sure they don't, but if they did, then I, I think at this point it's, 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 uh, it's a less dangerous alternative to vote to Republicans because they're not typically going to do anything except cut corporate taxes and you know maybe try to get more tax breaks for the wealthy. But that's, that's really all they care about. They don't have any other issues at this point. But um, the Democrats, it reminds, it reminds me of a, the William Butler Yates poem of the second coming. You know, it was a, you know, a foretelling of World War One. Mm-hmm. And he talked about how the, the best have la- lack all conviction and the worst are full of passionate intensity. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's a perfect. It's exactly right. And that's if we if you had a real opposition party, but typically the Republicans like the Democrats, but the Republicans, especially just look at their leadership. Uh, you know, so as far back as I can remember, you know, you had Mitch McConnell, uh, Kevin McCarthy, you had Paul Ryan, you had uh, John B- uh, Boehner, Mr. Boner, whatever you had. Uh, Always uh, crying. Well, it's yeah, crazy. Yeah, you know, yeah. They're good at doing that. Yeah. Kings, Kinzinger's got a bright future. But I mean, people like that—they're—they uh, were always wishy-washy types. Like you weren't even ever going to see like a Jesse Helms in a leadership position or anything like that. They always had the milk toast that were, you know, uh, what we used to call Rockefeller Republicans. Right. And the Democrats, it's it, to some degree the same way. I, again, though, they've gone so crazy. I don't know. I mean, maybe they will have AOC as you know majority leader someday. But I, I don't. I, usually, typically, they kind of weed those types out too. But so it ends up being, even if you can say some of the Republicans represent the voters' wishes, which very few do now, but the leadership never does. And uh, the party, you can see what they do. They keep they keep uh, putting up candidates that are awful to run against so-called MAGA candidates. And I just shake my head at them because the voters, and that's what I say, you can you talk on midterm elections, midterm elections. Well, you know, <laughs> I don't know what's it. Why do you trust these elections now? Or, or isn't that why the people in prison from January 6th, because they talked about the elections being so, was it just that one election? 
And now it's it's going back to being elite. That's that's why I would tell the Democrats too. All the tape from you know 2016. Oh my God, not my president. Uh, it's it's it was fixed. It was rigged. But 20, 2020 it was the most uh, the most uh, secure election ever. There was no fraud. Absolutely no evidence. Like what? I mean, so again, it depends on who's. That's why this two party system, which is uh, it's a duopoly, but it's also partisan at that stupid level. Where it's uh, whatever we do is okay, but you know we're doing the exact same thing that that, that we we criticize you for, and both parties do it. But that way, somebody I wrote an article on Substack today, and uh, uh, somebody rightly commented that, uh, or maybe it was an article previous to that, but they they mentioned because I was talking about free speech and civil libertarians like they usually do, and they said, you know, well I I don't think uh, Roger Stone or Lindsey Graham or these people, you know, would would care about that. And I said, well, you're absolutely right. I, I, especially somebody like a Lindsey Graham, if these guys are in public office, of course, I, I don't think they'd have any hesitation to censor their opponents. Or they're, they're certainly not civil libertarians, but you still got to care about all their rights. And I don't know about the people that are in prison. I don't know. A lot of them could be just kind of typical Republicans that maybe some of them support Ukraine. I doubt it, but maybe they do, but it doesn't matter what, what I think about it, just like it doesn't matter. I, I don't like Steve Bannon, really. I mean, but uh, but I, I will say he's the only one that's been given my friend Naomi Wolf a regular platform. She's, you know, on the war room all the time. And uh, so and he says some good things. I mean, I don't know. But I still you can't have selective prosecution. You can't take somebody that is doing basically the same thing that countless people have done just in recent years alone on the other side. And just choose, well, we're going to prosecute him. That's the, the Constitution forbids that. But that's I, – I don't pretend that these guys are any good, but I do think – I don't know how you feel about it, but I do think even the worst of the Republicans at this point are less dangerous overall than the, than the Democrats. So I, I think Democrats – it may be one of those things where they really haven't done a whole lot, if you notice that. You know, we're just scared they will. But uh, the rhetoric is, is horrible, and uh, the – the the but they they are targeting people and I don't know how many others will be prosecuted, but they are prosecuting people and I think uh, I don't know who's next. They said I think somebody else from Trump's uh, errors and I, I doubt they'll ever prosecute Trump, but uh, no. they're going to keep going after his people and I, I, that should trouble everyone because I I don't know what you you could you could say Steve Bannon's guilty of being a sloppy dresser or whatever or just you know, he's guilty of being an Israeli firster or something uh, but uh, as they all are our friend Riley in the chat room reminded me that the other night that uh, you know these of course there I mean is there anybody in Congress that's not for Israel first at this point oh what does Ilhan Omar think I don't know but I mean that's Trump said that uh, Congress should be con frankly they should be controlled by yes. Israel yeah oh, no <laughs> one's been more <laughs> I, no I, one's I, been more present with him. You know, Billy sent us a link uh, in our group text uh, with that Mediaite uh, article about Trump uh, yeah. slamming or, you know, uh, sticking up for the Saudis over the 9-11 families. <laughs> Did you see that? <laughs> I, I didn't look at I saw that it was sent. I can pull up yeah, the yeah. article real quick. Uh, but this, you know, Trump, I guess he was over in uh, the Middle East, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, yeah. he's playing golf or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Isn't he always? <laughs> Trump well, John, John had Saudi golf tournament. Let's see, was he in Saudi or was I have to look? Yeah, that's a John Henry 3777 says, uh, 
The Republicans are like a heavyweight boxer that keeps getting punched in the face. And never, that's I've said that many times where they're, they're a collective Tex Cobb. If you remember that boxer, he yes, specialized in fighting with leading with his chin. As they used to say. <laughs> he was good at that. I was like, damn, he, he was, takes uh, a punch. Well, I'll give him that. Uh, oh, what was it? Raising Arizona. Somebody. He was the bounty hunter in raising Arizona. That movie. Don't yeah. He, well, he, he, he looked the part. Somebody tipped $10 and I'm trying to figure out who let me see here. If you go back, whoever it is, I thank them. Let's see if I can find them. But uh, Oh, here it is. Yeah, from Stephen. Oh, Stephen Kaspar. I don't recognize that right away. Thank you, Stephen. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. But um, yeah, sorry. Up the, the chat's picking up now, but I was this is the first time I can check it with a you know with a new system here where I don't have to worry about getting knocked off. <laughs> it seems a little slower than usual. Yeah, you've been upgraded. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Been, up. been upgraded, so people are seeing me from a different angle here, and uh, you should be hearing me better. So I don't want to hear any more jokes, but it's thanks to you guys, really, because it's, I, I really appreciate it, and uh, Tony for coordinating it. And uh, I uh, now hopefully I won't be getting knocked out of my own show, which uh, has happened way too many times in the past, and people can hear me, and I don't have to. I don't know how many times I've heard people message me or comments where that. I love this guy, but his equipment sucks. He's got to do something about upgrading it. I mean, the, your mic sounds so much better. We were able to do a couple of tweaks off air, and uh, I think it's picking up much better. But here's that article, Don, uh, from Media that, that Billy sent us. And Trump defends Saudi Arabia from 9-11 families in shocking comments. <laughs> Nobody's gotten to the bottom of 9-11. Yeah, and you didn't either when you were yeah. for <laughs> years. God, that's Trump. At that I, I bet you behind closed doors, he's probably saying, yeah, we do. You know, some people think Vince Foster was killed there. He nominates the cover, the guy that led the cover up, Brett right. Kavanaugh, the Supreme Court. That's Trump, man. That is Trump. And I don't, I, if that's, I mean, of course I think he's an actor, but it's, he's got some impressive skills because he, he really manages to play that really well where he just is, he's the ultimate, you know, Trump reminds me of the ultimate guy like uh, that, course he's you know obviously been he was born on third base and thinks he hit a home run like uh, Gerald Salanti likes to say but but if you could picture Trump as just a regular worker you know the guys I worked with and, and of course you you could picture him he'd probably be really lazy and he wouldn't he wouldn't carry his loads he'd be pissing you off all the time and gossiping constantly but maybe being amusing you know you'd be I can see him being amusing with cutting down other people behind their back and stuff but he he's the kind of guy that and I worked with so many of them not like him but as far as he would be like saying truths behind the scenes and saying like, you know, valid criticisms of management, things like that. And then uh, we go in the big meeting and Don Jeffries always is the one to speak up always, you know, so I make the claim that I know all these other people agree with me about. Then I turn around and look and <laughs> crickets. So I can see Trump sitting there with that big stupid smile on his face and not saying anything. Cause that that's Trump, you know, we got to get to the bottom of 9 11. He didn't say one word. He appears at the yearly memorials just like all oh, like Bush and Obama. If only and you were president. If only. <laughs> if, well, this time it'll be different, though, Tony. This time he's going to, he's not only going to drain the swamp, but he's going to, uh, he's going to get to the bottom of all this stuff. He's going to sure. release the JFK files and he's, uh, He's going to, uh, you know, find out uh, what role Ted Cruz's dad played in it all. You know, he's, he's going to do it. He's going to. And in, uh, in terms of 9-11, I don't know what he'll uh, do there. But wouldn't they have him on, you know, talking about explosions early on? So Trump Trump clearly has 
that conspiratorial mind. It's just to to what degree is it real? And what and you know, I, I we talked about uh, his uh, the strange, very strange death of his wife Ivana, who I still think is you know. Ivana, I guess she's Ivana and the daughter's Ivanka. That's weird how they, the names are so similar. I'm not sure why they did that, but why did he just name her after her? But so I guess it's Ivana Trump that died. But uh, not only was she found at the bottom of the stairs and then they found, uh, you know, severe, you know, beating inflicted on her midsection, but nowhere else. So she apparently when she was falling down the stairs, every time she hit a step, it went right to the same spot in her midsection. Never hit her head or anywhere else. Just always there. Very curious. But uh, supposedly, again, you can't find the sources, but rumors are, sources say behind the scene, Trump was questioning it and the entire family was questioning it. And Trump was saying, I think they got her. You know, so that, that that's his personality behind the scenes. But, you know, would he ever say that in public? I don't think so. Or if he did, he'd drop a, he might. And that's why the one thing I miss about him being on Twitter is that that's where he would typically drop these little, you know, kind of cryptid remark, cryptid, you know, that were cryptic remarks where he would say like, uh, how about that? You know, there's a little matter of an intern in your office, you know, Scarborough, things like that to Scarborough, uh, that would, uh, really, at least it's shown a little bit of light on it and it would kind of set off the, the, uh, the, uh, the state controlled media, but we don't even get that now. So now that, um, Elon Musk isn't going to be buying Twitter. I guess we're not going to have that. But we do have, as I was mentioning to you before the show, this Twitter space is courtesy. I don't know if uh, uh, Australian Ben, Ben Atkinson, is listening today tonight. He usually does. But I know his work schedule has changed in the land down under where he's hanging from his feet, Tony, like everybody else down there. That's the way it works on, on the spinning ball. But he's So he's hanging, desperately hanging by his feet, hoping not to fly off into this infinite universe. But uh, Ben is—he's uh, the one that told me about Twitter Spaces, and uh, it's—I—I'm shocked that Twitter of all places has a free speech element. It does. If you go in there, and I'm—he's—he held my hand much like you've held my hand. I always need somebody to hold my hand. You know, you'll notice that. But <laughs> I, I'm real good at being directed, or in maybe eventually learning. But uh, he. Uh, showed me how to use it after a couple of attempts. And the first one we did was last Tuesday. And it was really, it went way back. I, I extended it by an hour because I just couldn't believe how many people were coming on. And there's an, yeah, there's kind of an element in it where people are arguing with each other and kind of a juvenile thing. But but there were some, I met another big fan from Australia I'd never heard of. It was great. Told me how much he loved my work. You know, I love hearing that. And uh, so it's really cool though. And it's uh I read my Substack article on it. I started that, started out that way. And then we had a discussion on, you know, all kinds of stuff. But I plan to be doing that. Uh, I need to do it weekly. I'll probably start doing it Saturday night. I think I'm going to do it. Uh, That's great. And uh, yeah, it's, it's how, do people, uh, but, how do people get to it when you do a. Well, you get, you'll see like if you, if you, and, and I wish more people would follow me at Twitter. It's at Don Jeffries, but um, you can find me there. You should be able to find me. And uh then uh, well, I set it up in advance, and so it'll say like uh, it should go out as a tweet that uh, you know Don Jeffrey is going to be doing a hosting a Twitter Spaces uh, 8 p.m. Saturday or something like that Eastern time. And actually, the way it does, I think it automatically converts. Ben says like it automatically convert the time, so I don't think I even have to say 8 p.m. Eastern. It'll just say when the person gets it, it'll convert to his time zone automatically. So that's pretty cool. But uh, and then. 
once people get it, they can, they, and these guys are very sophisticated. You get these people that clearly have done this many times and uh, they know you, you click on it, you jump in the space and uh, it'll show you, like it'll show the people that are there and it'll say listener. And if you want to talk, you, uh, you click something. So your hand gets raised. It's very polite. And then uh, you ask permission and then I can add you as a speaker. And then people are supposed to, we had a couple of people last time that weren't listening, but uh, for the most part, People are very civil in there and they wait and take their turn and raise their hand. So people speak one at a time. So it's a, but the, the great thing about it is that um, you can say anything you want. I mean, you, you're talking about everything in there. And, and Ben says, you know, they, they've had discussions about the most, you know, extreme stuff you can imagine. And uh, they, there's no censorship there. So I, I don't know how they get away with it, but as long as it's there, I'm going to use it. And so if you, uh, you don't follow me on Twitter, you should go over. I need lots more followers. And then uh, you can uh, join the Twitter spaces and uh, join in the fun. But uh, it's interactive. It's just like this. We have the chat here, but it's pretty cool that you can uh, join in. So I don't know if you want to try it or out, Tony, but it's it's pretty Absolutely. cool. Yeah. At uh, When you go to uh, donaldjeffries.media, there's a link to your Twitter as well. Um, yeah. You have a link to your Twitter, a link to your Facebook. Um, let's see what else we got? Uh, oh, Elite, I put Gab on there too. So there's a little oh, tab. Gab. And there's a little. Oh, I have Gab. I just never, I, I, nothing ever seems to be going on there. So that's why I don't do it. But let's see here. Uh, Republican Party should name, uh, who's that? Oh, Stephen Casper, who uh, very generously tipped me early. Republican Party should thank, change the party name to the Do Little Party. Yeah, that's exactly right. That. Riley says you could. Riley was in the chat room. Feisty guy, Riley. I'm glad to finally meet him. The big supporter here. He said you can say whatever the hell you want. Okay, faded reality says Reddit and dis Reddit used to be great a long time ago, but they've really clapped out. Reddit and uh, Discord also have features like Twitter Spaces. So that's cool. Twitter said Riley says Twitter Spaces is where it's at Saturday night. Nice. I'll have to see what's up. Faded reality says yeah. I think I'm going to go for a Saturday night at eight o'clock. So. Uh, Date night on Jeffries on uh, Twitter uh, Spaces. Only dating I can do at this point. <laughs> I'll have a date with you. I'll have a virtual date. You, um, you have a match, a match service. You know, a matchmaker service. You just find find oh, yeah, true love sure. on uh, at Twitter Spaces at Don Jeffries. There you go. And we have find our you know old friend. Uh, what's that? Find your conspiracy match. Find yeah. Your, well, you know. Uh, I, I think I, t I uh, if I was young today, that's what I, if I was out there looking, they have, I know I've heard of at least one conspiracy uh, dating site. I've heard of it. And I don't, I don't, but I mean, man, that would be the, I can't imagine what that would have been like back in my days. Cause you know, like I said, I, I was terrified of, you know, telling any girl I went out with about my JFK assassination thing, even, you know, that was my deep dark secret. You know, when do I let on that? I don't think Oswald did it. <laughs> That's going to be it. She's going to drop me like a hot potato. Oh, my God. What? <laughs> but, uh, you know, let alone, can you imagine, you know, guys, we're, we're talking about the, the crazy stuff we do in the conspiracy world now. You know, yeah. This may be a Truman show, honey. Do you think we live in a Truman show? <laughs> yeah. Simulation theory, flat yeah. earth, got it all. Yeah, yeah. What do you, what do you think? I mean, we, just, we just don't think. Don't believe in the spinning ball, the giant spinning ball. But uh, where the only thing is crazy is the mainstream narrative. That's the only. That's the only crazy part. Yeah, it is. Well, if you think about it, that's why I just I saw some people you know typing typing today about uh, 
you know, they love having these little memes about uh, just, again, mocking God, mocking religion. But it was something like uh, Adam and Eve had three sons. That's all they had. Think of, think on that for a while. Well, of course, it, it, we all knew that no matter how creation started, if you only had a man and a woman to begin with, then, yeah, there would have had to be an awful lot of incest, you know, to, to let to expand the human race. We, we all figure that out. But uh, they just put it out there like this is something, you know, just imagine that. How stupid is that? So I, I, I'm tempted to just jump on there and say, you know, there was this big ball. It came from, we don't know where it came from. It was there and then it just exploded. It just And it created everything. All the galaxies and the planets and the solar systems, all this was created by a a big bang and we don't know what create, you know, there's nobody there lighting the, the match. There was no big bang. Who, who did that? You know, but you can't ridicule that somehow that's above uh, ridicule, but they love ridiculing any kind of notion that, uh, you know, anything biblical or anything, right. God, it's just, and that's, and that's part of the thing. It's a, that's interesting. If you read Genesis, they actually mention uh, that there's others. If you, if you, uh, oh, the text, it's like there's mentioning that there's others out there besides them, like the first, you know, family in Genesis, the Adam mm -hmm. and Eve, uh, with Cain and Abel. I think when wasn't Cain banished? Yeah, and Cain they, was the bad guy. Yeah, right, killed but they, his brother. They, yeah, they yeah. Him out amongst others. I believe that's how it's written, anyway. So there's always like there's these little hidden things in the Bible that you can find that are interesting, like that. We're like, well, that kind of reverses the notion that that's the only people, right? There's others out there. I'll have to find the verse for you. Yeah, I mean, I, I've, you know, uh, I when my mom died years ago, I read, uh, I tried to read the whole Bible, and I, 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 if you if you guys can read the whole Old Testament, uh, I mean, of course, I've heard bits and pieces of it. I, it was just kind of too scary for me. I, I just, I, I couldn't, and so I read the whole New Testament. That was no problem, and uh, that's more than you know. To be honest, a lot of Christians have done. So uh, you ought to read it, though. It's uh, there's there's a lot of stuff there, and it, it gives you a new perspective because uh, it's certainly uh, you know, lots of my verses that I love. You know that I uh, my favorite Bible uh, biblical verse is um, it's it's easier for a rich man it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than it is for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. And uh, I've never met one Christian that doesn't you know, that, <laughs> they shy away from that one. Because we all, you know, we all pursue wealth. We all want wealth. And so that kind of, but I, I'm sorry, you know, if you believe in prosperity gospel and Joel Osteen and all that stuff, uh, that's Jesus's words. I, I, I didn't take it. Of course, I, I they probably say, well, you know, needle, technically a needle meant like a small opening in a uh, cave. I said, well, it seems like it's still pretty hard. <laughs> you, know? you know, it seems like it would still be pretty hard. I to get. It was a physical place too. Like yeah. the actually it was an actual entrance to uh, I forget what town. Yeah, but yeah, like yeah. That was the the neat you know the eye of the needle was this yeah. narrow entrance was hard to get a camel through. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> he well, didn't say it was impossible. He just no, it was well, yeah, exactly. He said it's easier for and and, and so and I think uh, again, but it's 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 interesting they try to invent, you know. Well, no, technically is this okay? I just. I thought the the, uh, the the word of the Lord was uh, you know was was sacrosanct that he to me he, you know he made a he pretty much made a comparison that you know, tells you wow <laughs> they're not getting many rich people in heaven so uh, but again we all you know we all pursue wealth and 
and uh, we all would like to be rich for different reasons. You know, I, I mean, I certainly, I don't know about you, but I'm fantasizing about that billion dollar, I guess it's up to billion dollars now, the, uh, the biggest uh, pot they've ever had for uh, one of those stupid lotteries. I, my family plays them all the time, so hopefully they'll let me know if they win. But, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, vaccine Bill, lotteries now. You can get in on the, you get your vaccine, you get entered in the lottery, uh, lots of different states. Oh, cool, cool. That's right. But I mean, it's imagine what you could do uh, you know, with a, I don't know. I, I just think, I, but I, I originally, I still, I include, did I, uh, I think I had to put it, I'm trying to remember if I in Survival of the Richest I had I had a lot about lottery winners. I think they took it out. They took a lot out of Survival of the Richest. I think they took that out. But I don't know if you remember that part of it, Tony, where I I went over uh, lottery winners and how uh, how quickly they get greedy. I mean, because they they win these big amounts and suddenly they get that same entitlement that wealthy people have, where it's like they earned it. I mean, right. you, you couldn't have earned it less than just you had you, you the most random lucky thing in the world happen to you. You had nothing to do with it. No skill, no hard work. Nothing. You went and bought the ticket. You should be so grateful. And why wouldn't you be really generous? But they I, I gave several examples in there. Of, it's amazing how quickly and, and the thing they fear the most, the almost to a person is that they don't want to be identified. Because they're terrified people are going to come after them for money. And, of course, my wife and I argue about those. And I said, I, I want people to know because I'll help out as many people as I can. But I would, if I don't know them, what I would do is I would say, okay, I want you got to tell me what your situation is. And I have to check up on it, you know, see if you really do, you know, what, what, if you're just telling me this or if you really do need help. I try to help as many people as I could. But certainly you help your family. But so many of these arguments broke up over siblings and um, things like that, where they just they, they didn't want to help, and that, but that's typical American dysfunction. But uh, I think I put that. I think it's in a deleted chapter on my blog, uh, which you can uh, it's donaldjeffries.wordpress.com, and uh, you can find that on donaldjeffries.media as well. All the archives there. But uh, I'll have to send you. I just wrote a new uh, new Substack today. It's it's it seems like everything I write is on the same theme, but I mean it's. <laughs> It's, I, love, I love your writing. I, I, I look forward to them. look forward to the articles. Well, I appreciate it. It's, it's, uh, I wish I could write something uplifting once, but it's, it's, it's just, <laughs> it it's to be just yeah, yeah. It had to be. And it's, it's, it's just, it's just guys, I'm just talking about the January 6th stuff. There's no more issue that's important than that at this point. I mean, if we, if we allow them, and again, there's no blowback and the fact that they're, there should be such a counter to this. I mean, at the very least, all of Fox News should be taking the stance that uh, uh, Tucker is. But even he's not all the time on it. And the others, I don't think they're kind of, especially outside of their primetime lineup, the rest of them are just Brett Baer and people like that. They seem to be treating it the same way. So yeah. Fox News is just is just useless filler between pharmaceutical commercials now. Yeah. Oh, God, Jesus. Especially with that. My gosh, they're man. I, I don't know how anybody if you look at those commercials and you you wonder why this why we're in the middle of this pandemic and all it's been pushed. Just look at who's running things. I mean, this is mind boggling. How those things are there, and it, you it, you think they're gonna? That's why Tucker Tucker gets away with it a little bit. Like on, if you watch Tucker Carlson tonight when he's talking to people, he'll joke about it a little bit about Big Farmer and FISA and stuff. But I, I guess he's big enough where he can get away with it. 
but uh, at some point, maybe he'll uh, maybe he'll finally have me on as a guest at some point, and that'll put him over the edge. And uh, he'll be off the air, and he'll have to come on a guest here, I guess. <laughs> we'll have to get a petition going and get you on there finally. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, at any rate, so I I, uh, I thank everybody for listening. I'm certainly see if there's anything else left in the chat, and I'll uh, we'll get off here. You know, again, we're hope Rents doesn't mind. I'm, we're sending them kind of not quite. Uh, two hour shows because I keep starting it so late, usually because of my own it's Tony's fault. But what happened to the right. chat here? Oh, there it is. Okay. Topping of the religion and metaphor of the Bible. Okay, fade to reality. Uh, um, okay, I'm just trying to see. I don't think I missed much here. Um, when I start the post office, I'll have it on all day to make the day faster. <laughs> There you go. The restoration will be televised. Well, I don't know. Will there be a restoration? I don't know about that. Okay. I don't think there's anything else there. And again, I, I appreciate Oh, I got another tip. Somebody tipped me. Yeah, God, I got to figure out who tipped me. I, I want to thank people. Dollars from Riley. I think Riley. Oh, right. Riley, our old friend Riley. Riley, I appreciate it very much. And I hope to see you in uh, Twitter uh, spaces again. So thanks very much. For the tips. Thanks everybody for listening. And again, I apologize for the late start, but if you're listening out there now, pretty much know that, you know, we're going to shoot to start at 5 p.m. Eastern, but something always seems to come up. So hang around there. We always come on within 10 minutes or so. So anyway, I appreciate you listening. I protest. We'll be back next week at the same time, same location. Thanks so much. Thank you.